Vlog. Feel me now. Gonna feel me now. Hey, good evening, everyone. I'm Dawn Abair, and I'm the chairman of Voters East of the Industrial Canal. I want everyone to know that this is an open forum and welcome everyone to the District E Public Candidate Forum. A group of concerned voters who believe that their voices were not heard, their issues, concerns, and questions were not being addressed in the many PAC hosted forums and debates resulting in the establishment of Voters East of the Industrial Canal in 2011 by Voters for Voters, providing an open forum where candidates can holistically engage voters who are the true decision makers on election day. All candidates were invited to participate. Tonight's questions were solicited and submitted from voters located in your respective districts. We are asking that you adhere to the rules that were previously provided to you. I would like to introduce Brandon Gilmore with You Gotta Feel Me Now podcast. Brandon. Thank you, Ms. Dawn. And all candidates, welcome to Voters East of the Industrial Canal 2021 Municipal Candidate Forum, being brought to you by the Box Studios, which is located in New Orleans East, District E. At this time, I would like to introduce my co-host for this District E Forum, Ms. Kimberly Wright. I'm Kimberly Burbank. If you all could please provide your full name as well as your profession and the number of years that you have served in that particular field, uh, please limit your answer to one minute. We're going to begin with Councilmember Cindy Wynn. Thank you. Thank you. Um, hello, Kimberly. How are you? And thank you, Brandon, for uh, allowing us to be here. Again, my name is Cindy Wynn. Um, I've been serving as the city council member for District E, where family always comes first, for three and a half years. Mr. Oliver Thomas. My name is Oliver Thomas, uh, candidate for City Council District E, number 72, born and raised in the Lower Ninth Ward, uh, currently uh, live in uh, Lake Willow, 7157 uh, uh, Thornley. And I want to thank uh, uh, Dawn, Kim, uh, Brandon, Corinne, and everyone associated with this forum, especially dealing with what I think is one of the most important districts uh, in the Gulf South. As I've said often in many of these debates and forums, and even on, my, on the radio show, I host, I host a good morning show. I'm on leave from that. I work for a design uh, and infrastructure and has a mitigation firm for the last seven years, Stuart Consulting, and of course, WBOK, the good morning show. Uh, New Orleans East uh, is not just a diamond in the rough. Uh, New Orleans East is a diamond that's been treated roughly. So looking forward, and, and also my congratulations to the other candidates everyone who's running it, as I said often, I'm not running against anyone. I'm running for the citizens of this great district. Oliver Thomas, number 72. Okay, thank you. Ms. Vanessa Geringer Johnson. Okay. 
All right, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, I am Vanessa Garinger Johnson. Um, I am a lifelong resident of Lower Nine. I'm retired. I retired from LSU Health Sciences Center uh, following Hurricane Katrina. Uh, I am running for the New Orleans City Council seat because I love this community. I love this district. I have been involved in advocacy for 16 years, advocating and standing with the residents of this district to fight for recovery. There is an urgency that recovery happens. I feel that if we reach that 20 year mark, the book will be closed on recovery for our district. And I feel that the New Orleans East and Lower Nine, as well as Venetian Isles and Lake Catherine are worthy of better. We have to be about the business of knowing that we are not being treated fairly in the city of New Orleans. We, are, uh, we have to know our work in all of this. So there is an urgency for me. There is a pride, a passion, a purpose for me to fight for this community and to make us whole once and for all. Hi. And Katrina. Okay. Can we please hear from Ms. Michelle, Ms. Michelle, Michonne Copeland? Good afternoon. Thank you. Playing that form. Thank you, Brandon and Kim, for hosting, for being the moderators. Um, I decided to run for, to be the council person for District E because I'm a lifelong resident of District E, born and raised, never left until the Hurricane Katrina portion and came back afterwards to raise my kids. I have a 21-year-old son and a 16-year-old daughter. I'm a, a mental health professional. I'm an educator. I'm a I've worked in the community for many years. I'm an educator for the last 13 years. I'm a mental health professional. I, I work with kids. When you work with kids, you work with the families. When you work with the families, you're working with the community. Uh, I love to cook. Um, I feed the neighborhood. I don't know how to cook small. I just love people. I decided to run for this position because I, I'm tired, just like you all, seeing how our uh, community look to the wayside. I will be a strong advocate for District E, and I just love, and I'm here and wanting to serve for the district. Brandon? Yes, ma'am. Thank you. All right, and just to, to try to cool things off and everybody be comfortable, we're going to ask a little trivia question. It's going to flash across your screen. Let me know when you see it. Everybody see it? What is the current estimated population for District E? And we'll go in the same order that you were introduced, starting with Councilwoman Ms. Wynn. Yes, Brandon. I believe, based on some of the data I've looked at, an estimate of over 80,000 residents. Thank you. 
Next, please. I, I think just uh, city uh, uh, demographers uh, uh, have it somewhere in the 70s, but if you talk to people who live in this district, uh, many will say that uh, it's definitely uh, about 80,000 or, or, or more. Uh, we don't think that the city's numbers are, uh, or the census numbers are, have ever, especially in the last 10 years, uh, adequately reflected the real population in District E. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Next. I'm including actually Lower Nine, Venetian Isles, and Lake Catherine. So I'm going to say around 90,000. Thank you. Is Mr. Beck Neris back on? Ms. Copeland, I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, I agree with my counterparts. It's right at 80,000, including Venetian Isles in the outer skirts, if you will. Thank you, ma'am. Well, Mr. Bagnaris, if you're here, please say present. Okay, maybe we lost him. Thank you all for that answer. Oh, Kimberly. Okay. okay. Not so bad, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not so bad. Not so bad. All right. Very good. All right, you all. New Orleans East and District E, the residents, the diverse residents in that area, the uh, extremely diverse business sector, one of the very large business sector, along with um, a very outgoing nonprofit community and a um, dedicated religious and faith-based organizations. How do you see your, yourself um, in the seat for Council District E? How do you see yourself being a better partner or continuing to partner um, with those four different groups? And how do you identify or would you, how would you describe your strengths and weaknesses? So with such a diverse um, group of residents, businesses, nonprofits and faith-based organizations. How do you see yourself leveraging your strengths and your minimizing even maybe your weaknesses to be a, a good partner and leader for District E? I'll begin with Ms. Copeland. Okay, so <clears throat> I just wanna get it right. You said businesses, residents, faith-based and ed educators, schools, am I correct? The community. The community, right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, <clears throat> excuse me, in order to be a resident, in order to be the seat of council person for District E, we all have to come together. It's not a, it's not a I, it's a we. So in order for District E to run properly and for it to come together as a village, as we used to be, we have to create a platform or a round table, if you will, that we all come together, we all put our ideas together, and I will I would be the spokesperson for District E to bring all of that to surface. Mm -hmm. It's time to revert District E. It's time for our economic development, our infrastructure, and just the, the business, the, the streets, the infrastructure of District E to come together. 
And in order to do that, we have to have all of those faith-based and businesses, the community to come together to make that happen. Okay, thank you. Mr. Oliver Thomas. Kim, that's really a, a great question. And I think it's one of the places we've missed here. If, if we're gonna deal with sustainability uh, and not just trends, I'm talking about staying on top of changes from crime uh, to business, to housing, to dealing with blight, uh, you're going to have to involve uh, every layer of the community. Of course, that has been one of my strengths. Uh, that's why a lot of the support I have throughout this region and throughout the city is because I was always known for bringing uh, people together. It is extremely important. Now, but I think transparency on the front end is critical. Uh, the things that come to my office uh, at the city council, faith-based, nonprofit, business leader, and community folk need to be notified on the front end. My staff will immediately, anything that affects the community or neighborhoods in general, immediately, that those folk, people who are involved in this community, they need to be notified when it's initiated, not after the fact. And then the other thing that, that I think has to happen is, look, I want partnerships. I don't want to be the czar, the political kingmaker, right? I want to make sure that I have partnerships with our legislators, our senators, our state reps, school board members, uh, business leaders, nonprofits, organizations, so that we're all working together. I don't think New Orleans will ever get to the place, whether it's from crime, to economic development, to schools, if we don't have strong partnerships where everybody is serving. And what I hope to do, Kim, is change the social order here. I think the social order in Louisiana and New Orleans has been wrong. It's been politics, business, and people are last. Well, when you flip it to business, uh, uh, when you flip it to people, business, and politics as a supporting entity, I think you can sustain those types of efforts, especially when we have some success and, and make sure that we keep it going where everybody's working together. Okay. And can we hear from Ms. Vanessa Geringer Johnson? Yes. Mm -hmm. We have to be inclusive of everyone. That's first and foremost. For 16 years, I've been an advocate that's worked with the community. The diversity in the community, churches, youth groups, nonprofits, business leaders, police departments, all of these entities, all of these folks have to collectively come to the table. No voice, no idea is wrong. You know, we all have strengths, we all have weaknesses, and we have to build on that. There has to be partnerships so we can move this district forward. There has to be transparency, integrity, accountability. There has to be all of that that has to happen in order for us to move our district forward. Like I said before, we are 16 years, coming up on 16 years behind the rest of the city. We, it is urgent that we come together because like I've said so often, there is more that unites us than divides us. All of the areas of our district are suffering the same issues. And if we don't come together, we won't be able to move this district forward. So we have a real chance at recovering from Katrina and moving forward and leaving a legacy to the children in our community that says you are worthy. And as long as you are included, as long as your voice is heard, then we can move forward in this city. Thank you. Mr. John Bagneris? Oh, we can't hear you. 
Yeah, try again, and I'm gonna move on to Council Member Cindy Wynn. Thank you, Kim. Well, first of all, let me just share that when I got elected, that when I campaigned three and a half years ago, that was one of the key factor of making sure that we bring all communities together, um, nonprofit, faith-based, different ethnicity group, business community, and really empowering our people to take ownership and being that thoughtful partner with all of our groups in our community, bringing a sense of collaboration and of course, transparency and accountability. So what I've done for the past three and a half years is to make sure that those accessibilities were open to everybody. I have established just last night, I hosted my 333 Facebook Live that I kicked off since I've been in office. We have monthly coffee and conversation where people can come to the table and share their thoughts and issues of concerns. In addition to that, we have set up numerous way of really tackling and creating safe space for people to be engaged in and to know the work that is being done before it's, it's actually uh, uh, get start, gets done. And so from coffee and conversation to district e-forums to our uh, community crime prevention workshop series to Facebook Live, uh, on-site visit that I do, making sure that I'm always accessible to the community in reference to issue. And then creating, again, space where there's an initiative that has been proposed to us, bringing community together. We started the Economic Land Use Committee when a land use item comes um, to my desk, we make sure that we bring it to the community so the community are aware of it. And those are stuff that I will continue to do uh, once reelected on October the 9th, because these are very critical stuff. And that's why one of the reasons why we have been able to get a lot of stuff done. There's still more work that needs to be done, but the foundation of bringing community together definitely has implemented under my leadership, along with so many partnerships that we have been able to engage with. Thank you. Representative John Big Yes. Uh, it's not just me, it's we in the community. <laughs> mm -hmm. We have 30 homeowners associations that we have to work, work with, and we have to go into the business community and have them, uh, especially entrepreneurs who are trying to get started out here in, in, in New Orleans East and the Lower Nine Ward, and how to keep them uh, going. Uh, for the past, in the past, council people and council at large, they didn't worry about New Orleans East, they, they worried about Uptown, uh, St. Charles Magazine when they were in office. They didn't do nothing for New Orleans East. I can't remember any of them doing a thing. But we have to move on and work with everybody that's, that's eligible to be, uh, to be in the community, work with them and get it done. Thank you. Okay, next question, 60 seconds per person. The next question is, our community uh, east of the Industrial Canal makes up about 48% of the city of New Orleans' land mass, believe it or not, it's pretty big. So the question is, can you rank what you consider to be the three most critical challenges for the New Orleans, east of the industrial canal half of the city let's start with uh let's see can we start with um let's start with miss vanessa johnson okay mm -hmm. all right you said three challenges that we're facing 
Well, number one, we're facing the challenge of crime in our district. We have to holistically approach crime, and that is NOPD, residents, youth, youth groups, nonprofits. We have to do that. Okay. We have to. Can you hear me? Can, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am, we can hear you. Sorry about that. Can you hear me? Okay, so crime, crime is an overarching thing that we have to reduce in order to attract business to our district. We have a lack of economic development in our district. We have infrastructure issues that have to be addressed. Lighting, street repairs, all of those things are part of how we present ourselves to business investment and to a better quality of life for our residents. Mm -hmm. So we have to we have to address those three things. I feel that are major. And if we don't, then we stand not to be able to move forward and be the vibrant community I know we can be. And okay. I know people know we can be. Thank you. Representative John Bagnaris, what do you see as the, our three critical challenges and uh, how can we face them? 60 seconds. Uh, everybody knows crime is number one. It's all over the country. We have to do uh, more economic development. I'm laser, laser focused on economic development. We need more businesses in the East. We need uh, better restaurants. Uh, New Orleans hamburger and seafood is good, but we need an Outback, we need a Zia's, we need somewhere where families can go and sit down and have a good meal. We don't have that. We don't have any department stores, you know, we have to go to Metairie or, or Slidell, and we're paying to get their streets fixed, but, but our tax dollars, spending it over there. We don't have any uh, stores where a lady can go buy after five outfit to go somewhere nice and look decent, and I think uh, that's that's one three of the things we need. Uh, we we also need to stop all this uh, parking of uh, tractor trailers in the neighborhoods. That's that's that, the neighborhood is not for that. You need a truck stop for that, and we need to do something about the speeding on the interstate and on on Sheffield to Highway where they are uh, doing donut rolls at night two in the morning and, and, and making a lot of noise. But we got to clean up the East. We, it's not going to be viable till we clean it up and get everything uh, out the ditches so the flooding can stop. I'm tired of it being a third world country. We need to do something better. Thank you. Mr. Alba Thomas, three critical challenges facing uh, everyone east of the Industrial Canal. Well, if you can't be safe, you can't be. Uh, anything and thank you for another very important question. Uh, I've said it publicly already in debates and forums. I've said it in my interviews. I think the way we uh, uh, man uh, the seventh district and, and public safety has to be changed. I think you can't use the same formula of population per councilmatic district that they use. I said because of New Orleans East landmass, it has to be landmass times call for service times population times crime. Uh, and I think that formula has to be different if we're going to make sure that New Orleans East is safe. The other thing is the amount of available land uh, to be to be developed. Uh, you know, where else do we have that level of property uh, for folk to develop? Let's get business and developers interested in making sure that we develop that land, not just the Six Flags at Lincoln Beach sites, but those other thousands of acres that are available. And then, Kim, third and mostly critical, 
We can talk about all that other stuff, but the early pioneers, whether it's business or homeowners, we got to make sure they stay. In studying demographers now that, that's looking at population growth, mm-hmm. in, in 2019 was the last time we, grew, we, we, we actually grew. So people started leaving before the pandemic. And I'll say a little, little more about that if I get a chance. But if you keep taking away from something, what do you wind up with? You wind up with nothing. So those are my three things. Council Member Cindy Wynn, what do you see as our three critical challenges uh, east of the Industrial Canal? Yes. So, you know, one of the things when I came into office, and I think everybody um, recognized this, is that there was a huge lack of investment in District E. There was no attention given to District E. There was a movement to basically make District E green space. And because of that, there's so much work that needs to be done. And, you know, what we've started when we came into office was to basically look at some of the challenges that we face in reference to how, why people are not investing. And so we started looking at zoning, you know, in areas in District E from the east to the lower nine, all the way to Venetian and, and Lake Catherine. We looked at addressing blighted property. You know, Pete, we heard from our investor, you know, you guys have, you know, when I drive through on the I-10, I see major corridors that hasn't been put back into commerce since Katrina. So we immediately started working on that. The Caveman Hotel is no longer there. It is under renovation and will be completed by the end of this year. The Lake Forest Senior Manor that was sitting since Katrina, it is slated to be ready um, for seniors to move back in, you know, the Six Flag and the Lincoln Beach is going to be a great opportunity for us to create job opportunities. You know, we talk about crime when crime happens when people don't have opportunity and we got to make sure that there's job opportunity available. You know, District E definitely have the landmass to do that. Other major issues that I see are challenges for our, our areas, blighted property and overgrown lots. You know, that impacts the quality of life. We have a lot of deadbeat property owners who used to live next door to us, who used to be our neighbor, but have decided to abandon their property and neglect their property. And then by not taking care of it, it creates nuisance and public safety in our neighborhood. You know, we've been working really hard to address that since I've been in office. Our team have been able to demolish 242 uh, properties that have been blighted. We push over a thousand code enforcement hearing in order to get these properties to back into commerce. We have to push it through adjudicated hearing. So we work really closely with the code enforcement department lot maintenance to address many of these quality of life issue. Another challenge is that I feel, Kimberly, is the perception that people have of the East. Mm-hmm. You know, people feel there. I hear it all the time, but I am a big supporter of District E. And I need all of the people in the re- in the community to uh, to continue to promote the positive. We have positive things in our district at, as well. We have things that we need to work on. We've been sitting for so long. Rome wasn't built overnight, but I've, we've definitely been putting in the work to make sure that we move District E forward. Thank you all. Brandon, you ready? Yes, ma'am. Thank you, Ms. Kimberly, and thank you, candidates. Um, we're going to roll a 60-second <clears throat> video that we want to show you all of New Orleans East um, past and present. <laughs> <laughs> 
currently. If y'all could take a look at y'all screen. <clears throat> and this is what New Orleans East used to be. This is what New Orleans East currently is. <laughs> and the beautiful Joe Brown's football stadium, the New Orleans East Hospital. To the lakefront airport, to Lincoln Beach, to this. This is what we see on Morrison every day, every single day. Blighted since Katrina, 15 years. That's unacceptable. Overgrown lots, houses just standing, nuisance. Rodents, everything is running out. We see this every day, every single day. And this is currently what we're dealing with all over New Orleans East, from Dowman to Michoud. Streets are being repaired. They come for a month. You don't see them for three months. That's illegal dumping that we constantly see in Michoud off of I-10. That's Bullet Corridor on the service road. That's the service road between Reed and Crowder. That's Cindy Place. This is this is what we see. And one thing we all can agree with on this on this call, we all love New Orleans East. And with that being said, blighting and vacant properties attract illegal dumping, criminal activities, and vagrant squatting, all which drove down property values. We need an aggressive leader who is not afraid of holding nuisance and neglectful property owners accountable. We'll give you 60 seconds and just to answer, what will you do innovatively, legislatively, and budgetarily to improve quality of life standards in New Orleans East and Lower Nine and bring us to its full economic and athesiac potential? We'll start with Councilwoman Miss Wynn, please. Thank you, Brandon, for that. Um, again, we push over a thousand code enforcement hearings in order to put these property owners, these deadbeat property owners, accountable. You have to push them through the hearing process to find them, but ultimately, you want to get them to rebuild and put and address the uh, the issue. In reference to illegal dumping, you know. We are. We will be placing illegal dumping care cameras in areas that we know that people constantly illegal dump uh, because we know that our manpower with NOPD uh, the is not there. So we want to make sure that there's tools available to address illegal dumping. I get frustrated when I when people notify our office of illegal dumping, you know, and and there's no way of being able to crack down or take enforcement. And so last year, the New Orleans City Council, we approved funding to get illegal dumping camera placed in District E. Get that camera question so, after she finished. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, no problem. And then in reference to street repair, you know, this is a, something that we took up. Uh, we know that there was a lot of street that was broken up and with COVID-19 and everything that many of the company were facing, but uh, city contractors will be held accountable. And so the city is revising how we push out uh, investment for our streets. We want the investment. Many of our streets need major investment, but we also want to make sure that these street repairs, as the, as the city is breaking up streets, that they are in collaboration and working with residents that uh, that street repair will, will take place. And they got to make sure that they stay on schedule. And that's something that we continue to tackle with 
to address that issue. Thank you, Ms. Wynn. And before you others answer, let me just ask Ms. Wynn this. Um, <clears throat> we are aware that cameras are being installed for illegal dumping. However, we also understand that there is no plan to have cameras monitored and no accountability for violators as there is no defined process to have summons issues, fines le levied, and collected on public hearings held. So, Brandon, what we're doing is that we partner with the sanitation department and the real-time crime camera. Every day, uh, if a camera is labeled as illegal dumping, the RTCC will take a picture of that site, will send it to sanitation. They will monitor it every morning. If they see something that happened, then we will go back 24 hours because we don't have the manpower to really have somebody to sit there uh, and watch it uh, every single minute. But if we see some activity, we'll be able to use that footage and be able to take enforcement. Thank you, Ms. Wynn. No problem. Thanks for the question. You're welcome. And I'm sorry. Um, can we continue with Mr. Thomas answering, please? If you need us to repeat the question, we will. Just let us know. Not at all. Uh, uh, first of all, man, man, look, very powerful, important uh, question. Uh, we have a uh, uh, strong man, strong council form of government. Uh, the city charter is real specific and the uh, powers vested in city council. Uh, code enforcement, uh, there are litter abatement laws that are attached to occupational licenses when the business gets uh, uh, its, its license. Uh, and guess what? Uh, the, the budget. Some of you all may remember in the past when we held up mayoral budgets until they added more inspectors, more collectors, and more code enforcement. Uh, I mean, you get together with your colleagues, man, and if these things that are charter responsibilities, Kim, that are essential, if they're not being met, well, guess what? The council is the fiscal agent for the city of New Orleans. You can deal with it there uh, on the front end. And then, man, look, you guys have already done the homework, uh, Dawn, Corinne, uh, Brandon, and Kim. If you read the East uh, uh, NOLA Quality of Life Standards Report, you guys gave city leaders a tool to do six to 12 month assessments to see, Brandon, if these areas are actually being dealt with when they were reported or logged in. And as, about, as I have read the report that, that New Orleans East already did to give to the city, Hi. had we just followed those standards, we would have made some gains in those areas. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. We appreciate that. Ms. Vanessa, can you answer, please? Okay, I'm gonna address the infrastructure issues. What I have seen is that there is rarely a time when sewage and water board and DPW works in tandem. That cannot happen, it cannot go on. So with that said, me taking office would be about the business of forming committees in the neighborhood and prioritizing those repairs and a checks and balances on a monthly basis as to what has been done. As far as the blight process, it is absolutely broken. Okay, these judgments sometimes go around for 20 years. The city has in place, especially down here in Lua 9, a statute amendment legislation that they put in place in 2014 that allows developers to get properties for less than market rate value and get their code enforcement liens waived and tax liens as well. But the residents cannot get these properties. And they do that within, they can do it within a three year period. The residents have to go through trying to obtain the deed to those properties 
from those people who have walked away when the city of New Orleans already knows they have done their due diligence and they cannot locate those property owners. So a mechanism needs to be put in place. Thank you, Ms. Vanessa. Um, Mr. Bagnaris, we're going to come to you last. Ms. Michonne, do you need us to repeat the question? Yes, please. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you said yes? Yes. Okay. I stated we are aware that cameras are being installed for illegal dumping. However, we also understand that there is no plan to have cameras monitored in New Orleans accountability for violators, as there is no defined process to have summons, issues, Issue fines um, and collected of public hearings held. Well, to tackle the blight, um, like initially, just for now, as soon as I get, get into office, just this morning when I was out talking to uh, constituents and my fellow neighbors, I always thought of, of uh, residents coming together as a village like we used to. And, and tackling the blight, the, the high grass and cutting it down and everyone coming in together and cleaning it up. Now the areas where the buildings are coming down crumbling, I know there are code, codes that we have to obey, but if we come together as a village, um, there's a guy who's doing it now who go around cutting the grass in Eastern New Orleans and the lower nine. And if we come together, all of us together, we can make that look better. Now, mm -hmm. as far as the cameras, um, I agree with the cameras because we're holding owners accountable for things that other people are doing. You can't hold owners accountable for, for the illegal dumping. So I am for the cameras. However, if we had technology and we need technology that are, that's accessible to us, the residents, so that we're able to monitor, monitor um, like uh, our council person said, we don't have the manpower to have that done. Well, we, the residents, the community, we should be able to have that access on the website to be able to look at what's going on. Um, as far as I, I talked to another co constituent this morning who was taking care of a property next door to her because she would always see snakes coming out. They're the prostitutes on St. Claude except in, of the like other things going on. She took care of that property uh, more than three. Thank you, Miss Michonne. And Mr. Bagnaris, just give us one second. Miss Michonne, I just want to apologize. We skipped you on the last question before this. So after Mr. Bagnaris answers this question, I'm going to come back and ask you that question, if that's okay. Okay. Thank you, ma'am. Mr. Bagnaris? Yes. Blighted property is, is real bad in New Orleans, and not just New Orleans easily in uh, District E. But the dumping is a real, real problem. We can't keep it clean. We can't get bring businesses in. Uh, I've noticed of 510 of the chef on that service road the dump, illegal dumping of tires. I tried to get, when I was state representative, I tried to get a license plate reader put over there because they dumped there all the time. I had that place cleaned twice when I was in the legislature. It's, they come every, look like every year and dump some more. But we have to come now to a conclusion where some of this money in the budget, this fat we got in the budget, we got to pull it out. Like we paying for all these policemen and we don't have uh, uh, 1,600 policemen. We, that's money we can use to do things like get cameras or, or license plate readers or, or put some people in, in position to, uh, to monitor that kind of stuff. Uh, I, my, my thing is, like I said, I'm laser focused on economic development and without cleaning it up, we won't get any economic development. 
Thank you, Mr. Bagnaris. Thank you all for your answers. And Ms. Michonne, once again, I'm sorry, I'm gonna ask you this question that you were skipped over and I'll give you 60 seconds to answer. Um, can you listen, rank the three most critical challenges of the segment of New Orleans East in the industrial canal? So um, of course we all know crime is the number one issue, but in order to fix crime, we have to deal with the infrastructure. Infrastructure is the, the center of everything. So in order to fix the infrastructure, we have to look at working with each other, um, coming to the round table once again uh, to address the, the problems that we're having. We need community policing. We need to uh, fo focus on our mental health issues. The community, complete, the community policing would help our uh, NOPD to free up, to address crime and not to, to address the crime and violence instead of the nonviolent issues. Once we have that and we have the community policing in, in place, um, our police will be able to do the officer friendly. Like when we were in school, we had officer friendly that came to school. So our kids and our youth would understand that the police are not negative people. They're not people that are angry. They're here to help us. And once we could build that relationship, we can kind of curb that crime. We won't eliminate the crime, but we can curb it. The Thank you, Ms. Michonne. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> thank you all again. This is correct. Uh, we're going to try to save some time because we, we started a little late with some technical difficulties, and I apologize for that. So I'm going to go back. Um, you all said some good things and had some good points, but we need to know specifically what will you do legislatively budgetarily and what is your action plan to make district e investment ready during your time in office and what policies will you implement to attract expand and retain targeted businesses in new orleans east now we understand that there has been work that was done we don't want to talk about what was done we want to talk about what what is the plan moving forward so we can move forward. And I'm gonna go and I'm gonna start with Mr. Bignaris. Welcome and my plan, as I said, first clean it up, get things done, then bring in some developers to look at this land that we have that's so cheap. Uh, we have cheap land here. This is the last frontier for uh, New Orleans to expand. Uh, mm -hmm. after, we, after I do that, I wanna see that, like I said, entrepreneurship and small businesses we have to bring them in and to sustain those businesses we have to patronize them to keep them here and my my goal and like i've been telling y'all all a while is to focus on economic development and i didn't just come here uh two years ago i've been in new orleans east since 1969 and i noticed everything that's going on that happened after katrina that's going on right now we don't have uh, a council that's working for us. We don't have, a, they all, it's rubber stamping whatever the mayor wants. We need some, we have to have camaraderie with our colleagues on the council and we have to work towards uh, Okay, I'm gonna um, repeat the question again. We would like to know specifically your legislative plan and your budgetary plan and your plan of action for policies and how you will implement those. 
to move District E forward. So, Ms. Copeland. Okay, thank you for the question. Well, my plan to for the budget is we need to look at the, the monies we have, the budget, and we need to review the budget. We have to revisit it, um, such as with the trash, we need to revisit the budget, and we need to renegotiate. We have to see what's the priorities, and we need to re-itemize how we prioritize our budget to make sure that it's better for our district. Um, as far as policies, um, one of my number one issues or the high bills that we have with energy and sewage and water board. We're 32% higher than our neighboring parishes, such as St. Bernard and Jefferson Parish. So we need to revisit why and how, and we need to change how the structure of that is designed. Um, legislatively, I, need, I would like to uh, partner with my fellow legislators to see how we can work together so it can be better for our constituents, us, the people, um, as far as the blight, as far as economic development. In order for things to work, we have to come together. Did she say time? We have to come together to make things work um, in the uh, budget. Okay, I'm sorry. Mr. Thomas. Uh, in a minute, uh, what, what does the master plan and the CZO say, uh, Corinne, in terms of... Uh, uh, encouraging uh, uh, or promoting uh, investment? Does it apply in New Orleans East right now? But one of the first things I would do is identify the anchors, New Orleans East Hospital, NASA, uh, those business districts and, and corridors that you could build uh, around. How do you remap a, a zone them for 21st century opportunity uh, or investment, Kim? I think that's the first thing you would do. Uh, when I was legislator of the year several years ago, that's one of the things that was cited, uh, the, uh, the Renaissance Plan. You know, how do you create uh, corridors for tax credits? Much of what you see in other parts of the city were incentivized for growth. New Orleans East Hospital, uh, my uh, legislation, the Renaissance District for the Lower Garden District, the, the mapping of overlay from, uh, that happened on, on, on St. Charles from Lee Circle to Jackson Avenue, uh, enterprise zones, tax credits for employees. And then one of the last things that, that I would do, uh, uh, Brandon and Kim uh, and Dawn, is Let's get a realistic look at the amount of money that New Orleans East residents put into the system versus what they get back. And I would look to have viable uh, state uh -huh. partners, Corinne, like you uh, and the senator, to partner with us so that the state isn't passing on its opportunity either, but that they're partnering with us, with us to leverage the investment of New Orleans East residents. Thank you. Ms. But Johnson, I'm sorry. Sorry. That's all right. Well, legislatively, I would pull all of the ordinances that are in place to see what's working, what's not working. And what's not working, either amend or introduce new. That works for the residents. Budgetarily, we need to look at the CBDG monies and any other pots of money that are available to us to promote Black minority business in our district and to be able to retain it. I would um, go to the mayor, ask her to appropriate the $100,000 demographic study to be done in New Orleans East so we can have a clear picture of the income, education, 
ethnicity, everything that we need to know because the data that we, we are using now is for, from 2007, 2009. So when we go to court, big investment, we are going to them with out of date information. Also, we, we, uh, there were times when I saw we did not show up the, at the Regional Planning Commission. As a result, a mall or shopping area that was slated for New Orleans East went across the lake. So we have to make sure we have representation at these meetings. We have to partner um, with our state reps as well. Thank you, ma'am. Um, Council Member Wynn. Um, thank you for that question, Corinne. So what we're working on right now is stormwater management credits. So as we talk about bringing developments to the area, we, we gotta talk about when they go to pull their permit, what are some of the obstacles that they face? And what we've learned for the past three and a half years that stormwater management has been a huge challenge, especially for the East and the Low Nine when we have buildings that has been sitting with concrete pavement. And so we're looking at how do you change legislation to where they are still meeting the stormwater management for the city, but how do we still help them with their uh, with their investment? Because stormwater management can be very costly. This budget cycle, I will be approving um, to make sure that CPC has the proper staffing because of COVID-19, they lost a good number of staffing. We need to reopen the master plan to look at and reevaluate many of the zoning that could attract the uh, developments. We see developments everywhere. There, there is a mixed use. Uh, right now, based on my understanding, there's very limited mixed use. We started doing some in the low nine, but some of the bigger partial for the East has is not it doesn't allow a mixed use. So I want to fund CPC to do that Fine. work. Thank you, Ms. Wynn. And um, no. we have one more question because time has gotten to us and we're going to start with Mr. Thomas. Um, Mr. Thomas, what is your understanding of the role and function of the East New Orleans Neighborhood Advisory Committee Commission known as ENOC? I mean, one of the things that I highlighted earlier was the plan that they did when you talk about quality of life and quality of life standards. So they played a, a vital role, but uh, every organization that is committed uh, to the viability and sustainability you know, we can't sleep on that word sustainability, but uh, we've been good in moments. Uh, we've been good in terms of trends. Uh, we've been on a Zephyr and roller coaster ride, whether it's crime, economic development, but we've not had sustainability. So, I, I mean, partners uh, uh, like, you know, partners like other organizations are going to be extremely critical when we talk about building a foundation of sustainability from crime to blighted houses, economic development to growth. Anybody who's willing to, willing to participate, uh, willing to collaborate, uh, will be vital in terms of how my office works and how we transcend some of the problems where we're number one in most critical areas right now, Brandon. How do we get to change that in that organization as well as uh, the people with this organization, you and many others? Uh, you're all going to be extremely important to helping me get that done. I can't do anything by myself, uh, but I can tell you this. A uh, lot of Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Thomas. Council Member Ms. Wynn, please. Thank you, Brandon. Um, you know, I see the East New Orleans Neighborhood Advisory as well as other organizations as a partner, a partner that is very knowledgeable about the neighborhood that they represent, that has creative ideas and very committed. You know, many of these organizations, we have long-term people that have been volunteering 
their hours and, and, and as well as their skills and expertise and very dedicated. I see them as a thoughtful partner engaging at different dialogue to move our district forward. And so I value the partnership that we have. I value groups that are established to really help move the district forward. And again, I can't do this work by myself. I've all been at this seat for three and a half years and have always had a sense of collaboration and, and working together with everybody. Thank you, Ms. Wynn. Ms. Vanessa? Um, Enonoc is a viable um, and forceful organization in New Orleans East. And without them and organizations like yourself, we would not be able to do the work of the district. The Enonoc has the ear of several HOAs in, in neighborhoods in New Orleans East. So it is vitally important that we work shoulder to shoulder with these organizations to move our district forward. We have a lot of issues. We have blight, we have infrastructure issues, we have crime issues. We need these partnerships in order to make, to, to make it possible for us to be able to move forward and, and recover. We have to. There is no other way. We can legislate, we can advocate, we can do all of these things. But we need those partnership with those neighborhood groups that have been doing the work for so long. We cannot, cannot think that we can do it alone because we can't. Thank you, Ms. Vanessa. Ms. Copeland, please. So Enonoc is an um, arm for community neighborhood organizations um, who are willing to um, come become under Enonoc. And the neighborhood associations is a vital arm in general for everyone to come together so we can have a handle on each of our neighborhoods and we can have like neighborhood captains when we were younger. We could have the neighborhood captain for each neighborhood that would be able to be an arm and, and be able to handle what's going on in our neighborhood. When we have one person that's able to be a spokesperson for all, well, for their current neighborhood, if you understand what I'm saying, it would make us better to come together as a village. I keep saying we're missing the, vi the village. We have to come together so we all can work together to make things happen. And Enonoc is that for the neighborhood associations. Thank you, Ms. Copeland. <clears throat> and our last, Mr. Bagnaris. Yes. Enonoc was very central in uh, my legislative session. Uh, we worked together. As I told you in the beginning, there are 30 homeowners associations connected to Enonoc. They all have their ear to the ground. They know what the community needs. And we need to work along with you guys to get things done here. It's not, it's not rocket science. We, we all just need to come together and talk and hear what each other's problems are and bring it to the table. My office will do that. My office has done that in the past. So when we look at uh, Lincoln Beach and, and, and uh, Jazzland and other parts of the district that need revitalization, like uh, old Lowe's place, I did a 10-year tax break for businesses starting up in a poverty-stricken area such as ours, the Lower Nine and New Orleans East, all the way to Lake Catherine. I've been here, I've done that. I don't, I don't want to see New Orleans East just fade away. I want to bring it up. I want to bring it out. Thank you, Mr. Bagnaris. And so from everybody's response, and we can start back with um, Ms. Wynn. 
everybody is aware and understand the role and function of Enoch, correct? Yes. Yes. Okay. yes. Sorry. Thank you. Ms. Vanessa, Mr. Thomas? Yes, we are. Okay. Uh, yes, I use and read their study in many of the quality of life issues for many of my responses. Yes. Appreciate that. Thank you. And before I close it, turn it over to Ms. Dawn. Um, I just personally want to tell you all thank you. And to whoever is elected, elected in the coming election, please understand <laughs> we all care about New Orleans East. Everybody on this panel, everybody that's looking. And as a citizen in a District E resident for the last 20 years, we just want a return of, of our investment. That's that's what we look for. We tired of the blight, we tired of the crime. We have grandmothers who are scared to come outside. We have other people who are scared to go to the grocery store because they're gonna be mugged or their car is gonna be stolen or it's gonna be broken. We tired of the trash not being picked up, what we pay for. We're just tired of being this redheaded stepchild of New Orleans. So whoever is elected, we're asking you, please don't forget about the East. Get in the mayor ear, bring the mayor out here. Let her see what we go through in New Orleans East. Because New Orleans East and Lower Nine is a great portion of this property tax that goes to the city of New Orleans. That's all I have to say. Thank you. This is from the Box Studios with Voters East Industrial Canal. I'm gonna turn it over to Ms. Dawn. Okay, uh, as Brandon said, we wanna thank you all for participating tonight. We really appreciate it because you know you're very busy uh, in this election season. But we want to remind everybody that early voting starts on September 25th and it ends at on October 2nd. And the actual election date is October 8th. I'm sorry, October 9th, uh, which is a Saturday. So everyone, we need you to vote. We need you to be involved. So we want you to stay tuned. These are our upcoming forums that we will be holding and we hope to see you there. Thank you so much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Best of luck. God bless. Thank you. Thank you. And I vowed to be that person. Have a prosperous evening, everyone. Thank you.